Good morning. Welcome to the Dance to Learn podcast, where I help dance teachers and studio owners dance, learn, and grow right along with your students. In today's episode, I am excited to talk about the four different types of learning styles that make up VARC learning and how we can optimize our dance rooms to accommodate each learner type and influence whole child development. Welcome dance teachers and studio owners. My name is Jessica Strong and I am the host of the Dance to Learn podcast. This is the podcast for dance education. If you are new here, welcome. I hope you find today's episode useful as you continue your journey with creating a preschool dance curriculum that is educational, engaging, and enriching for your students. If you have missed any of the episodes in this series, I encourage you to listen to episodes three, four, and five as a continuation of today's topic. So today I am really excited. I am tapping into the term whole child development and how we as dance teachers can enhance our classrooms to engage each of the four different types of learners so we can ensure that every child that enters into our studio is nurtured and supported in their development. So to begin on today's subject, which is VARC and VARC learning, We need to begin by breaking this down and learning what each letter in VARC stands for. So the first letter in VARC is the letter V, and this letter stands for visual. So when thinking of a visual learner, we want to create materials that are going to ignite their sense of sight because these learning types learn best by seeing and visualizing the topics and concepts that they are learning. The next letter in VARC is A, and A stands for auditory, and auditory learners tend to enjoy listening and hearing different types of sounds. So therefore, we wanna tap into their sense of hearing by creating auditory cues for these types of learners. The letter R in VARC stands for reading and writing. And these types of learners will react well to teaching tools that incorporate uh, into your classroom, such as coloring pages or storybooks, because these are going to enhance their learning experience. And lastly, K stands for kinesthetic. And kinesthetic relates to the physical senses. So these types of learners learn with their entire body through hands-on experiences. They learn best by doing, not by watching. All right, so now I really wanna get into how can you tell the different types of learners that are coming into your classroom. 
and how can you create lesson plans that tap into each one of their individual intelligences. So let's begin. I'm going to start at the beginning with the letter V, which is visual learners. So how do you know which students are visual learners? So you can usually tell if a child is a visual learner if they lose focus during long talking periods. So if you've noticed that you've been talking for a while and maybe a student begins to get a little antsy or distracted, they are most likely a visual learner and they would rather watch than listen. They will tend to be observant and they'll like to watch maybe what others are doing, but they may not always catch the auditory cues or spoken expectations during class. So these kiddos are going to respond better with seeing directions instead of hearing them. And they probably like to copy the actions and behaviors of others. And they may get in trouble if they start playing games of monkey see and monkey do. That those games may not necessarily be the intention of the day's activity. So they really enjoy visual aids that allow them to witness and visualize what they are learning. So how can you make sure that your visual learners are captivated and engaged during your dance classes? So the first thing is to always include visual aids. So in the Dance to Learn program, we begin our classes in a learner's circle where we can explore our daily concept. And our concept is always explored with a visual aid. And it's usually two to three printables with bright and colorful images that children can easily recognize and relate to. So for example, right now it's August and we've been learning about back to school and back to dance. So our visual aids have been back to school related items like school buses, pencils, backpacks, lunch boxes, etc. So we will place a visual aid in the center of our learner's circle and we explore the pictures and how they relate to our dance concept. So if the concept is pathways, maybe on our visual aid we will have a picture of a school bus traveling down three different roadways. Maybe one is a straight roadway, the second is a zigzag through some traffic cones, and then the last one is a circular road. So my second tip for visual learners is to add choreography to your rules and expectations. So don't forget that these learners, they may listen well and they might appear focused, but they are only truly going to grasp what is expected of them through visualizing others. So one way to help these learners with rules and expectations is to assign an easy hand symbol or gesture that you can, that you can perform to explain the expectations to them. Almost kind of like the peace sign that we used to do in school when we all got too loud and the teacher would hold up the peace sign and then everybody had to hold up the peace sign. It's very similar to that. 
And one example that I have in my most recent YouTube video of the 25 phrases that you can use to encourage active listening, I use the example of big ears and little mouths. That's a perfect example of applying a choreographed hand gesture to a rule or expectation to really tap into your visual learners. All right, and my last suggestion for the visual learners is to be sure to demonstrate everything. These learners are going to respond well when an instructor demonstrates. So be sure that you are up on your feet and you are dancing right along with these learners. That way they can mimic and they can copy you. You want them to copy you and not the other little dancers in class. So if you're up and you're engaged and you're dancing with them, they are going to dance right along with you. And they really love copycat games and mimicking others. So the best way to help them through class is by performing the moves with them so they have a visual reminder of what happens next. Awesome. So let's move on to our auditory learners. So how do you know if one of your students is an auditory learner? So auditory learners are going to respond differently to different sounds and pitches. So think of your tone when talking to these learners. If you tend to speak to them louder than you do others, then they may think that you're angry with them and this could result in a negative response. If you keep a consistent, positive tone and pitch in your voice, they are going to be more likely to respond in a positive way way. Additionally, auditory learners are going to have an immediate physical response when the music starts playing. So these may be the dancers who just want to get up and move and they might have a hard time waiting their turn or focusing on the instructor when the music is playing. Also, they could have a negative response to the music if it's too loud, right? Or in the opposite, they may get frustrated and annoyed with other dancers if they can't hear the music, if the music is too quiet. So these learners are also going to really enjoy spoken rules and expectations. And lastly, your auditory learners might may also be very chatty and talkative. They might like listening to you, but they also like hearing themselves talk too. So now that we know a little bit more about our auditory learners, how can we be sure that we are including them throughout our dance classes? So let's go back to our learners circle where we start our classes here at Dance to Learn. So when we introduce our concept, we always include our visual aid. Now the visual aid is probably not going to be as exciting for our auditory learners as it is for our visual learners. So we need to keep them excited and engaged about this part of class. So one thing that I always incorporate is a game of say and repeat. So let's use our school bus example. So as the instructor, you could say, okay, on this first page, our school bus is traveling down a straight pathway. Can everyone say straight pathway? And that is their cue. They would say back to you straight pathway. 
So having them listen and repeat the words back to you is going to help them assign that visual to that concept, therefore helping them remember what a straight pathway is when they hear it said again later in class. This is also a really great way, the say and repeat technique, to help your students learn dance and ballet terminology. All right, so my second tip for auditory learners. So when applying your rules and expectations, you can use that same say and repeat concept. So let's say a rule in your class is keep your hands to yourself. So as you're sitting in your learner's circle, you're going to say and do the rule for the class. So the first thing, let's assign a hand movement to this rule. I'm going to assign giving myself a big hug. So as the teacher, you're going to say and do it first. So I'm going to say, keep your hands to yourself while simultaneously wrapping my arms around myself, giving myself a big hug. Then you're going to have the class say and do the rule back to you. So they are going to repeat the sounds and the visuals or the actions back to you. So this way, your rule circle can appease both your visual and auditory learners at the same time. Also, find times throughout class where maybe you can sing a direction, like this is the way we walk to class, walk to class, walk to class, right? Make up a song to help these auditory learners really understand walking feet, if that is one of your expectations. You can also use an instrument or a noise to provide an auditory cue when it's time for a transition. All right, and my last tip for auditory learners is as you're moving throughout your class, be sure that while you are demonstrating the movements and activities for your visual learners, be sure that you are also vocalizing each movement as well. So let's say the kids are doing an obstacle course and they are pretending to be a bus traveling down the three different pathways. So as you're demonstrating the movements, you're also saying, okay, let's march down our straight pathway. Great, now let's bury walk in a zigzag around those traffic cones, good job. All right, now let's drive really, really fast by running in a circle around our hula hoop. So, and remember, your tone and your pitch as you demonstrate if you sound boring and unenthused, your auditory learners aren't going to be very excited either. All right, so now let's move on and talk about our R learners. So these are the learners who enjoy reading and writing. We don't want to forget about these learner types during our dance classes. Even though they are still in preschool, they're still going to have certain characteristics of R learners that we are going to want to foster. So your R learners may enjoy spelling out the words on your visual aids and get excited to learn what the words are. They may want to use their finger maybe to trace out the words on your visual aid, or maybe they wanna trace the, uh, if you put a bus on it, they wanna trace the bus, or they wanna trace the pathway. So they may ask you to read the words or tell you what the word is on the page if they don't know what it is. 
And so they're really, um, they're really going to enjoy understanding what the letters are, the sounds they make, and they're also really going to enjoy opportunities for coloring because of the writing part of their learning. So they're gonna enjoy coloring pages. You're also gonna find that they enjoy holding items in their hands for their fine motor development. So the use of props is gonna be important to them. So how can we be sure that we don't leave our, our learners out of our dance classes? So my first tip, number one, on your visual aids, be sure you have the words spelled out on all of your visual aids. So for example, if your visual aid is the bus traveling down a straight pathway, in big capital letters at the top of the page, type out the word straight. This way, you can ask everyone to spell it with you. Some may want to trace the letters as they spell, and this will help them associate different letters with different sounds, which is ultimately going to help them with their literacy. So that's really important for literacy development. This will also be appealing to your visual and auditory learners as well as they visualize tracing the letters or hearing the sounds that each letter makes. Number two, for your visual learners, have a poster of your class rules and expectations and refer to it throughout class. Um, this will also appease to your visual learners. And one thing that we've done as well is have a, almost like a sticker chart where they can visualize their rules and expectations as they happen. And you could spell out a word, like the word dancer or the word ballet. And then the whole class needs to exhibit certain behaviors to earn a sticker for each letter. So as they earn a letter, it's marked off of the chart. And this is a very visual opportunity for both your V's and your R's to see that they're accomplishing uh, what they need to accomplish as far as their behavior goes. At the end of class, if all the letters are earned, then guess what? The whole class gets a sticker. Now to include your auditory learners in this, what you're going to want to do is say each word as it's marked off. So for example, I really like how everyone followed directions. Let's mark off the letter D and I want everyone to say directions. And that's going to appease to all of your learners so far. All right, so next let's talk about utilizing your visuals in a way that tells a story. So how can we do this? So for example, if you want your dancers to be that school bus traveling down the three different pathways, put the visual aid that you made on the floor next to the pathways. So as the dancers are marching in their straight line or bereting in a zigzag and then driving really fast by running in a circle, by placing the visual aids next to each pathway, your readers and writers can refer to it. This is also gonna help your visual learners as well. Then include a prop to mark each spot in the pathway. So maybe it's two parallel jump ropes for the straight pathway that they travel through. And then some little cones that you spread out that they can tiptoe tip walk through. And then lastly, a hula hoop to mark your circular pathway. Be sure that your props and your visual aids are placed 
sequentially <laughs> so the dancer can associate the props and movements with the sequence of events. All right, so next for our, our learners, don't be afraid to include a story time in your class. It doesn't have to be every class, but include it on occasion. I try to include it once a month in our program for our preschoolers. There are great books that you can incorporate right into your dance classes, so movement and dance is still explored while you also explore a story. And if you do include a story time, be sure that you choose stories with great images for those visual learners, and also be sure to build in say and repeat moments throughout the story for those auditory learners. And here's a fun fact in case you didn't know, I personally have written three children's books and they are in the Flory Flamingo series and I've written them specifically for dance teachers to help you provide movement-based literacy opportunities throughout your dance classes. I feature one of those books in this week's YouTube video and that book is Flory Flamingo's first ballet class. Um, so if you are interested in that, I have included a link to my Flory Flamingo stories in the description of this podcast so you can learn more. All right, but let's get back to our, our learners and talk lastly about turning your visual aids into coloring pages. If you have the ability to do that, absolutely, 100%, give these kiddos a coloring page to take home every single class. Coloring doesn't need to necessarily be done in class, but it will be a great way to allow your dancers to take what they are learning in dance class home with them. Parents will then have a chance to engage in their child's learning and also be sure to include the words on the pages so your R learners can practice spelling and reading those words outside of class. Awesome. So you can include those R learners in your dance classes. All right, finally, let's talk about our final learning type, which is our kinesthetic learners. So dance is going to be most beneficial and helpful for these types of learners as they learn best through movement. So the word kinesthetic refers to our ability to sense body positions and movements. So this means that to really understand something, a kinesthetic learner needs to touch it, feel it, move it around. So they're very, very tactile. And you'll know if you have a kinesthetic learner if you have a child who is constantly moving. They will probably have a hard time waiting their turn or taking a long break without movement. They also may want to touch everything because they enjoy tactile experiences and learning through touch. You may also find these dancers doing their own movements throughout class. So maybe, for example, it's time to learn a dance for a showcase or a recital, and they're in the corner twirling uncontrollably until they fall down. Now remember, they are learning through their experiences. So in doing this, they essentially are trying to figure out what happens when I twirl around for 30 seconds really, really fast? <laughs> so how can we really engage and enrich these learners 
throughout our lessons. So let's go back to our learner circle and talk about those visual aids. So after visually seeing each pathway, saying the pathway, and maybe spelling the words or drawing the pathway with their hands, now it's time to actually do the pathway. So in your learner circle, you have everyone stand up and maybe it's a fun game of follow the teacher and you'll practice marching in that straight pathway. Then you move back to your learner circle and you move on to the next visual aid. So kinesthetic learners are going to like experiencing the rules and expectations. So a choreographed rule circle where you assign a movement to each rule or expectation is going to appeal to them more than a visual aid will. So if you're, if one of your rules or expectations, let's say, is to avoid running in class, maybe you give everyone 30 seconds at the start of class before sitting in the rule circle the opportunity to dance all their sillies out. So you play a quick, short song, everybody dances out all the sillies, and then you bang a drum to freeze and then demonstrate how the dancers should sit down in the learner circle. And then that way you're appealing to all of your learners again. Lastly, the best way to keep your kinesthetic learners busy and engaged throughout class is to avoid long periods of downtime as much as possible. So one moment in my classes where I find we have a lot of downtime is when we're setting up our obstacle courses. It may cause the dancers to have to wait for a couple minutes without a whole lot of moving. So what I try to do during these awkward times of transition is play a quick game of Simon Says, where maybe I shout out a dance move and every, everybody must demonstrate the dance move while I'm working on getting the obstacle course ready for the day. So also plan out your activities where multiple dancers can dance and move at one time rather than having a lot of dancers going across the floor one at a time. The longer the kinesthetic learners are expected to sit still and wait their turn, the harder it's going to be for them to stay focused on learning and they're gonna have more opportunities to act out or misbehave. All right. So that's it. There you have it. I hope that you found today's podcast useful and full of new information on how you can apply whole child teaching techniques into your dance classes. And I have linked my Flory Flamingo books for dance class in the description so you can learn more about that series and how you can apply more literacy through movement into your dance studio. And as a reminder, today's podcast was a continuation on my series on how to create a preschool dance program that is educational, engaging, and enriching. So take a moment, if you haven't, to listen to podcast episodes three, four, and five, which also provide insight into this subject. So once again, my name is Jessica Strong and I am the creative director and owner here at Dance to Learn. And I hope you all continue to dance, learn, and grow in your studio right along with your students.
So thank you everyone for listening to my podcast today. If you enjoy this podcast, I encourage you to subscribe. Also, please leave the podcast a five-star review and you could receive a shout out on my next episode. Also, new and exciting, all new five-star reviews will be entered into a drawing each week to win a $10 Amazon gift card. So till the next podcast, I hope you continue to dance, learn, and grow. Until next time, bye.